right now um we just wanted to hear um pretty much from you um some of the uh questions that Anna raised you know your take on that sure so Anna um raised I think the conscious parent point I've already gone through but I'll just speak on ICT um you know there's a lot of compelling research that computers in the classroom do not serve, are not only not in service to learning, but they're also detrimental to learning. And I think some of that comes from when I was in sixth form, which was around 1999. Mm. Um, You know, the World Bank has a report on basically how to build great teachers. Um, And it actually talks, says, and I will find that report and send it to you because it's in my email, but it talks about actually computers not being beneficial in classrooms and being detrimental to learning and advises that um, computers are kept outside of the classroom and used for teacher preparation. So the teacher can use the computer to do their research, et cetera, um, but not use them in the classroom with the children. Now, you know, all these people from Silicon Valley, like Facebook, you know, he had no access to computers before the age of six. And both him and Google founders, Sergey mm-hmm. Brin and Jeff Bezos, who are like who we think about when we talk about when we think about ICT and the power of technology, apart from Bill Gates, all went to Montessori school where they ha- didn't have that access either. Mm-hmm. And they credit Montessori school with having with being who they are today. I mean, I think Montessorians will say that maybe their values are not so Montessori, mm-hmm. but, you know, in terms of their creativity and their innovation. But what we need to look at, there's a New York Times, um, I think it's, but there's a lot of article, and I will find that for you, where it talks about, you know, the people who are making these policies about schools, about testing, about ICT, etc. where are they sending their children they're sending their children to schools that they can choose what they like all day, be what they're interested in. They don't have the pressure of testing. They have mm-hmm. no access to computers or the internet. Um, mm-hmm. And they're thriving. You know, when you look mm-hmm. at Silicon Valley, they invest in Montessori schools. There's a high mm-hmm. concentration of Montessori and Waldorf schools. So when, I, when we talk about, okay, what is the rage and ICT is so important, like, my son didn't have access to a computer. Like, and then one day during the thing, during the, what are we on? COVID period, <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, we mm-hmm. gave him, like, we didn't give him, he started to do, use paint. And he was able to draw and use a buggy using geometric figures. And we were like, wow, like, he's never used paint before. He's never even used a computer before. So this is not... Computer is just figuring out. Nobody taught me to use the computer. I remember my grand, one of my uncles had a Mac and I was fiddling around with it. And I taught myself. But there is a time and place for everything. The human being like, needs to be educated according to its developmental needs. Mm-hmm. And we need to ask why we go against the grain of what we know in science and in neuroscience about how it works according to learning. Why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. You know? what kind of agency and proficiency, what kind of beings are we doing? Because education is always political, whether you know it or not. 
the policies and everything is to create a kind of society. Mm-hmm. What is that society? Right. You know, is it a democratic society where people are free to think? Like what government wants free thinkers really and truly mm-hmm. like around the world? What government's going to invest in free thinking? Like people who are going to say, cause a ruckus about their policies or injustice. Mm-hmm. Very few governments. And mm-hmm. we can see evidence of that. How mm-hmm. in the pandemic, there's been so much repression of movements, you know. Mm-hmm. Most, I think all of you live in the U.S. or have lived in the U.S., so you can see what that is. Right. Um, so I think parents, like there's this podcast called Citizens um, Ed, and it's so useful. It's about parents taking power. One of the biggest things I see in education here is taking parents out of the classroom. Now, I'd say that's like a double-edged sword. Sometimes the parents do need to be in the, out of the classroom so you can serve the child. Mm-hmm. Because your work as an educator is to serve the child, not to serve the parents. Right. And there's always a conflict between the parent's ego and what the child needs. Yeah. So there needs to be that distinction. But the parent is the most important person in the child's life. Mm-hmm. Our schools are so separate from our, from our communities, you know, like... I went to school in the U.S. You know what that looks like. You, a bus picks you up. Your parent doesn't know what happens. In six weeks, they set, send a report. I don't even think we had like parent day when I went to high school or something like that. It was just like they communicate with you. In the, you have no idea what your children are learning in the classroom. You have no idea. You don't, and there's also what's called the hidden curriculum. You know, I think Henry Giroux speaks about that, that the first time he was in the classroom, like he was like, oh, he, you know, he had been mm-hmm. in a, like a socialist school before where they were cooperating and like learning. And he went to like a regular school at six or something and they were sitting next to each other. And he was, you know, trying to work with a friend and they were like, no, don't do that. The teacher was like, no, don't do that. And he learned that actually my purpose here is to compete and not to collaborate. So what are those mm-hmm. messages that are ingrained in that? So when people talk about curriculum, curriculum mm-hmm. is kind of important but it's not the gist of it. Curriculum mm-hmm. is content. It's like, right. okay, you learn this, 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 this. Right. But what matters is pedagogy. Right. How am I learning this? Right. What am I getting from learning in this way? Exactly. And you wouldn't believe in the Gambia, our teachers are not trained on pedagogy. Mm. They're not. They're just trained on content and delivery matters, how you deliver that. It's mm. very different if you stand the next front of, in front of the child and say, P-I-N-K-P, P-I-N-K-P. What right. is a P-I-N-K pig? Right. And it's very different from when you show a child many things in pink. You have one-to-one time with them. Mm-hmm. You listen to their ideas. They can tell mm-hmm. you about the pink dress. Mm-hmm. You're encouraging them to speak publicly. You're in- telling them that their views matter, that right. they have value, inherent value. They're worth listening to. Like now you could, there's people who go to Ivy League and they don't believe in their inherent value. So mm. I think it's so important that we pay attention to these little details. You can learn to use a computer at 50, you know, yeah. like parents ask me, oh, what about French? Like we tried French last year. We stopped it mm-hmm. because there's a particular set of ideology that comes with the French language that we just didn't feel like as a school that wants to decolonize or like, you know, I have a decolonized mentality mm-hmm. for the Pan-African child to feel like they are enough that having a French teacher would serve that purpose. Mm-hmm. And we learn from experience. People tell you about the need for extracurricular activities. 
Mm-hmm. I learned, you know, I learned that I couldn't run at a young age. So what was the point trying? I learned I was useless in sports. So what was mm-hmm. the point trying, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the habit that I have today. Like once in a while I go for a walk, but I'm not a mm-hmm. sporty person. Right. Whereas my son didn't really have any natural sports skills. But because no one made a commentary about, yeah, you're good. No, you're better than this one. Mm-hmm. He just kept trying and trying and trying. Mm-hmm. And where you can beat him in skill, you cannot beat him in persistence. Mm-hmm. And you cannot beat him in perseverance. And that's what matters. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's mm-hmm. a skill. Learn it. Right. But we are telling our children, no, you're not good in math. This one is better than you. I've been to mm-hmm. classrooms because I go and observe a lot. And people tell you, oh, this, you know, this child is not that intelligent. The mm-hmm. smart ones are oh, in this class. Yes. Oh, like, yes. what kind of message are you sending to kids? Right. You know, the, the slow mm-hmm. learners. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know I, I have to gag myself because there's no slow <laughs> learner. There's only slow teachers. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Thank you. There thank isn't you. a slow learner. It's yes. like the way you, you, you haven't reached the child. You don't know how they learn. That's right. why they're not learning. What you're teaching them is of no interest. Can you imagine if I came to teach you, mm-hmm. I don't know, how to bake a cake and you had no interest in that? Like, why would you listen? And that's what we do yeah. in schools every single day. And I'm that's so sorry. True. I know you guys are probably sleepy now no no, no it's... you're making such a you're making such a good point no you know that makes a lot of uh, sense to me you remember how we used to have like primary one primary two up to six but it's like a b c d and then people that are in like d or e are considered like the dumbest of the bunch do you guys remember that Yep. Oh yeah, I remember that. Remember just all that drama, like based on what know, that's saying, right? The A was the best. The B yes. class, you know. Obviously, I was in the well. I was in the B class, and then I got promoted to the A class. And you know, I'm coming in from a whole different country with the, without the language. You know, I came from Spanish, and then going into English. But you know, these are things that you know. That's what I'm saying. It it. Like you, Anna, talk, I mean, not Anna, sorry, I'm not talking. Like it's bringing back so much memories of, you know, my childhood, um, you know, the school. And then what I was privileged, uh, privileged enough to give my children, you know, the Montessori um, early education. And I see the difference between what I've had and um, what they're having right now, um, even though right now they're not in um, Montessori anymore. But through their primary years were Montessori, you know, my son going in from traditional because he started from a traditional school and going into Montessori and how that helped him. And you're right. Like computers were not part of the deal. Like, uh, like in the U S in their Montessori school, everything was hands-on. I mean, they learn how to, you know, grow their own food, um, carpentry work, you know, things out of the ordinary. And I love that about them until now they're very creative, even though they're creative, you know, you still have the the amount of education and, and knowledge that they want to do and they want to instill on themselves. Like, I don't have to say much. They just know when to get up and do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, they were using work plans before I started using work plans. Mm-hmm. And these are kids because <laughs> of the structure and to know, oh, Monday, this is, my, this is my schedule and so on. But, you know, in terms of ICT, just to go back to Anna's, um, you know, question is, I'm not for lots of computers and so on, like, you know, through the early years, because I think children need to um, have critical way of thinking, have to have that um, hands-on knowledge and all that that we can give them through the, you know, informal classroom or whatever. 
but at some point, you know, technology needs to be introduced because mm-hmm. it is the future. It is the future. Like right now, you know, I mean, Gambia is really lagging behind. And we know that, you know, COVID is one example um, how, you know, aside from even education, just even, um, you know, adults that are working and how things had to stop because of that. We know now how edu- um, te- through technology, um, things are better, like agriculture to check in, you know, soil and water and so on and so forth. There's, there's lots of things that agriculture has done that have been really um, beneficial. Um, I mean, technology has done that has been really beneficial. So just to say that, you know, we're not saying that technology is bad. Obviously, it's good, but we're just saying it's a time and a place for it. Um, you know, so that the parents that are listening, just to kind of get the, that clear, there's, there's always a time and a place, like, you know, giving kids phones and so on and so forth. We know the detrimental um, things that could happen just by exposing them so much. Um, so, but um, let's do a quick wrap up because I know we've been in this, um, in these topics for a while. So let's do a quick wrap up. Um, Anna, um, give us your takeaways or anything that you want to share, final thoughts, so on. Yeah, so um, I guess after having this very interesting um, discussion and uh, I'm so glad we were able to hear from you. You have dropped so many gems and I hope our listeners, especially our Gambian listeners, because today is really focused on education in the Gambia, will walk away with some some food for thought. Um, And I know, you know, as you stated, definitely when it comes to the top education system, the U.S. is not even in the Mm -hmm. top 10. But um, I have to say what I appreciate about coming back to the U.S. and having my my kids go back to school is that um, now you had mentioned how, you know, back in the day, they didn't even have parent-teacher conferences. Um, But there have been some improvements and they have something called the dojo. So with the dojo, you're able to communicate with your, with your um, children's mm-hmm. teachers and, you, and they keep you abreast on what they're learning, how they're doing, what's mm-hmm. going on. And if there's anything missing, they alert you. If they see changes in behavior, they alert you. So it's also a way where you're able to you know, really track your child's mm-hmm. progress. And again, I shared that I'm a conscious parent. And as, as a conscious parent, I report cards to me are right. nothing. Like I know my younger sister was like, wait, I don't get it. Like, so, you know, you don't, you don't care. And I'm like, no, because that doesn't make my children right. who they are. These A's and right. B's and, you know, and they both right. great students, but I always tell them you're, your self-worth is not wrapped up in this report mm-hmm. card. And that's just how we function. And, and um, I just feel like for the Gambian educational system, I would le- love to see more parents really involved in challenging the schools. Because even while my child was, both my children were at Marina, I remember an incident where I asked the teachers, where is the spelling program? They didn't have a spelling program. So they're asking a five-year-old, what did you do this weekend? And she'll say, or he'll say, I went to the restaurant. This one will say, I went, I was jumping on a trampoline. And and then the teacher would go, great, spell trampoline. I'm like, wait, excuse me, at five? Should they not be 
spelling sight words. Like that's the level that they're at. And I took it to the principal and I had just one parent who supported me in stopping the spelling until they trained the teachers on a spelling program and move forward. What I got instead was a whole other group of parents who were against me because for them, they thought I was attacking mm -hmm. the teacher. So there's this godlike mentality we give to teachers and educational administrators that I would love to see just gone in our, in our education system because it doesn't serve the children. It's just an ego booster for the parents and, and for the right. teachers. So that's what I would just would love to see more involvement from the parents in the school system and with their children. That's good, good points. Really good points. Um, um, what about you, um, Nafi? Oh, first, I want to thank Na. Thank you so much for coming on. We truly learned so much. I mean, my jaw is still like on the ground with some of the data you gave us. It's really eye-opening, especially the dropout rates and the 70% that doesn't finish high school. That's that's mm -hmm. truly thing that should get everybody motivated about fixing our school system. And so what I would say, you know, my takeaway with this is that it definitely is something a collaborative effort, you know. It needs to be between the teachers, uh, the community, the government, mm -hmm. and the parents. Like, it needs to be a joint effort where everybody is helping, every, you know, all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. uh, and and what I another thing that I wanted to point out was that, yeah, I, I do hear that we're opening a lot more schools. And, and uh, my, my thing is that we need quality over quantity. Right. Because if we have schools that are built and we don't even have chalks to write on the boards, books to read, that makes no sense. So we should focus more on improving um, the quality of what we have so far. And, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, and then the overall mentality that we talked about where we all need to chip in, because if we have this mentality of, you know, somebody else should do it, in the end, nobody else will do well, it. Well, right. That's, those are good points. And that's so good points. for me, you know, uh, just my final word is that, you know, we just, we have to stay positive you know, and just keep grinding. And wanting more, if you want, you know, we just have to want more and better for ourselves and for our people. And so if we stay hopeful and we stay, you know, collaborating, you know, uh, then, you know, it'll, it'll become a much easier task because it's an uphill battle, but it'll become easier if we do it together. And so I would mm -hmm. like to, you know, my final proverb that I'm going to close with is that, you know, when spider webs unite, you know, they can tie up a lion. Right. So a little bit helps. And I think right. that's the lens that we need to look at it from. That's, that's, those are all good and really good valid points. Now, um, again, thank you so much for obviously joining and sharing so much wisdom with us today and this early morning. Um, just been great. Um, can look forward to having you again to share some of the um, more things that you have in store and all the things, the great work that you're doing. In the Gambia, we commend you um, for all the work that you're doing. Um, for me, my final really is just that it's just thing. You know, when you know better, you do better. Let's help the Gambian people and our communities or our African people help them know better so they can do better. 
um, Anna, I mean, not Anna, Na, um, I don't know, I can't say Anna, Anna, all sounds alike, but um, Na, any final things that you want to say before we, we, we close up? Yes, um, thank you. So I think, you know, Nafi and Anna said a lot of it. I think, first of all, it will take all of us. Like, this is not my work or, it's all of us. Right. Tied to who we will be in the future and what kind of earth we leave for our children, even beyond the Gambia. Mm-hmm. I think we should be process driven. Sometimes we're such, we're in a rush for our children to fulfill our ego. We're in a rush for them to see them write or read or whatever it is um, that we negate what they need at that particular mm-hmm. time. So right. I think that process driven is also linked to our ego. We all have work mm-hmm. to do here. Um, mm-hmm. I think even the Quran talks about nafs, that if you don't conquer that, there's, you don't go to the gates of heaven. And right. that's one of the purposes of why we are here. So we need mm-hmm. to align. Education has a role to play there. We need to align our education to this work of ego. We leave the world better. We need yes. to tackle oppression and dominance and selflessness. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we say people are envious, but of course, if I'm not eating once a day, Tupac said that yeah. as well, you know, and then I see you, you're at a fine restaurant eating. I'm not going right. to be happy about that, you know? Absolutely. And this notion that individualism, that I need to set myself up, that's one of the things I hear from a private school. I'm not a believer in private schools, even though I started mm-hmm. one. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I'm trying right. to run and do the public education thing as soon as possible but that we need to set our children up. We need to give them a competitive advantage. Because if Mm -hmm. you give your children a competitive advantage, it means someone is at a disadvantage. And that's the person that's going to be climbing through your window. Or Yes. Yeah. So everybody needs to at least have the basic needs met. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we need to hold our government and ourselves accountable because the government is Mm -hmm. us. So right. those are the parting right. words. Thank you guys for having me really here good. and for staying oh, up thank you. so late to have this long <laughs> conversation on education, which is always so emotive. Um, I think one right. of the things that Anna said and one of the things that o- I always say to our parents, everyone has an opinion about education and no one thinks Absolutely. about the science of education. It's both a science and an art. There's a lot of research that's been done into that. So parents mm-hmm. should those who have access to science should be able to look at the size of education and say, you know, my child's three, they shouldn't be able to read or write or one of those things. They're still learning languages. This is the expectation right. as opposed to going with the flow. Because I think one of the things that we, everyone has an opinion, like you, most people would never go to a doctor and say, no, I don't think you should give me this antibiotic. You should give me that antibiotic. But we do right. that with the teaching profession. One, because teachers are not as equipped as they should be. Mm-hmm. And the profession is not respected. So I think we need to work on the prof- on teachers actually teaching for the whole human being and having that knowledge. And then also mm-hmm. the respect for the profession. Right. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, guys. Much. Well, all right. This was a great show. Um, until next time. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Good, Good night. Good morning.